Yeah. I'm getting all fired up. I'm all fired up and Hello and welcome to this week's Post Magic Round Fire Up on the Diamantina Podcast Network. I'm Dennis Carnahan here in Batuta Studio 3B with Chris Gale. It is magic, Dennis. And Redfern Pat on the controls, ready to deliver our own round of magic. But, but, two weeks ago, former Liberal member for Miranda and New South Wales Minister for Sport and friend of the show, Barry O'Farrell's government, current head of NRL Football Elite Operations, isn't that a great title? Graham Felix Annesley threatened a crackdown on foul play, especially around the head, and a crackdown on cynical, tactical exploitation of the set restart rule. But nothing happened! You might have heard a song last week on this very podcast suggesting that nothing would happen when the crack- and that the crackdown was a hoax. Well, that song stung Felix. It stung the overlord so deeply they had not one but an unprecedented two... Here's that word, unprecedented. Two secret video sessions with the referees to get them on the same page before Magic Round. And they said two words in those two meetings. Crack. Down. That's all they said. Crack down. Crack down. And those two words hung over Magic Round. Or as the Astonisher is calling it, Tragic Round. High drama. High controversy. High calamity for some. When we think of magic, you think of wizardry, witchcraft, paganism, mysticism, even dragons. It might make some people think of the Game of Thrones. This Magic Round was more like the Red Wedding. A bloodbath. 24 charges from the Match Review Committee. That's three per game. Or magic might make you think of Harry Potter. Well, this was like the fall of the Ministry of Magic under Voldemort's rule. That was a crackdown. With a bit of magic spelling, Voldemort Falls is in fact an anagram of Volandis. Mm. It's a rare, gloriously sunny and joyous day here where all three of our teams had a win. But make no mistake, these are dark days for rugby league. Dark forces are at work. Voldemort, Volandis, the Red Wedding, Magic Round, hijacked! By Ministry of Magic crackdowns. So as I sit my crackdown for a second week in the host chair, I say to you, Chris, crackdown Gale, what the hell sort of dark magic happened this weekend? Well, first of all, Dennis, you've got the entomologists in a tizzy. Is crackdown one or two words? And I don't know if I can answer that or are going to attempt to answer that. Secondly, if we're thinking about magic round, we're not thinking dragons because they were hapless losers again. As opposed to your, mine, and Redfern Pat's teams, who all had wins in Magic Round. And it was a great excuse for every media outlet to roll out as many possible tunes with that word in the title. And isn't it great to hear Pilot back on radio, given that most producers would only associate that with Happy Gilmore? I tell you what, Pilot, they were a thing back in the 70s in the countdown era, Dennis. Oh, and I know. you, of course, know the name of their second hit single January which was actually quite an advanced piece of music sick and tired you've been hanging, hanging on me, me. and you know, can I give you a bit of facts about Pilot oh please do they were the go-to musicians for the early Kate Bush records The Kick Inside and Lionheart I didn't know that and also one of your favourite bands one of my favourite bands the Alan Parsons Project no yes was he Scottish? You've got you've got Dave Patton on bass. You've got Ian Benson there. Was Alan Parsons Scottish? I don't think so. No. Was Eric Wolfson, his collaborator, who sadly departed not that long ago, maybe. But let me tell you, it wasn't just Pilot. They were a multiple what musical a, threat. What a time to be a Scot. You've got Pilot, you've got the Bass City Rollers and all that came out. You had like 15 years of vacuum with Simple Minds until you get the Proclaimers. <laughs> Speaking of dark magic. But I agree, Dennis. What we witnessed up there at Suncorp Stadium in the last weekend over, thankfully, three days, because it used to be four. Could you imagine having to endure that for four days? Whew. I want to channel former sports minister from the Labor federal government, Jason Clare, who once declared that today is one of the darkest days in the history of Australian <laughs> sport. As I was experiencing the so-called magic round, tragic round, whatever you want to call it. Wow, I don't, I, I don't know who that band was, but I don't, I don't think they went to number one. And to me, I think we witnessed up there at Suncourt Stadium during that three-day festival some of the darkest days in the history of Australian Rugby League. 
And I refer, of course, to the announcement that Cameron Smith, Smith. has not only assumed a position at SEN Radio, which I fully support because I'd love a job on SEN Radio if you're <laughs> listening, Craig Hutchison. Hi, Craig. That he's joined the Channel 9 Rugby League commentary team. <laughs> did that, what did it require to get his to get him to sign? Was it signed in their blood? Was it signed? Was their souls had to be now transferred? Now Cameron Smith has had a checkered history with Channel Nine, as we all know. There was the sixty-minute stitch up with mm-hmm. Liz Hayes, and it pains me to say that because I'm generally a bit of a Liz Hayes fan. But you know, around the, the you know the and let's be serious for a moment, the very tragic circumstances around Alex McKinnon. And it portrayed Cameron Smith as a heartless, spiritless, uncaring person in the wake of the injury. And I just thought it was just a slice and dice job. And Cameron Smith was quite rightly outraged by the treatment of Channel 9 and wouldn't speak to them, give an interview to them for more than a year. Yet... He signed with Channel 9, which just shows how much he doesn't want to work with Cooper Cronk on Fox Sports. <laughs> so, so you think that was the catalyst? It was just anything to get away from Cooper or to just to stitch Cooper up? He goes, what did they do to me on 60 Minutes? They impugned my reputation. They basically sort of were a step away of, of accusing my wife of taking a bribe from the NRL. It was that bad. And I got a choice to work with my former teammate, part of the big three, the BGs, over here in Cooper Cronk. <laughs> I'll take Channel 9 any day of the week. And if you thought the days were dark in Magic Round, Dennis, I've got more. No, there can't be more. Cameron Smith, there can't be more. The rugby, look, Buzz Rothfield, yep. no greater a judge than Buzz Rothfield said. He was walking out of Suncorp Stadium after night one where, well, did you know that your team, my team, and Redfern Pat's team all won during Magic Round? And Buzz said he was speaking to the fans and he said, they were outraged. And you know why they were outraged? The, the penalties? The crackdown? No, the announcement that Ray Hadley has joined the NRL 360 team. Uh, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't... This is the biggest challenge our sport has faced. We've got Lucifer himself across the airwaves radio style. Across, I don't know. I, I can quote Mark Caney. I've got no idea who invented television. You'd know. He even appeared... In the box, in the storm box, there was pictures of Cam in there. With, with Matt, that's it, Matt Bellamy? Is that Bellamy's son? I don't know the younger, the Bellamy, the younger's there, name. There's a whole sidebar about fathers and sons in rugby league at the moment. Let's get I think to that later. They need a union, I think. Um, it, it, so not only have we got uh, Smith on the radio waves and the TV waves, Hadley is back. And you know why he's back? I, I, I Honestly, I have absolutely no comprehension or understanding as to why he's back. Because there's a whole generation who missed out on the continuous call team and Fox Sports sees it as their mission to show the kiddies what they were missing out on. And this came off the back of a heartwarming face-to-face with Matty Johns. Have you seen the new format face-to-face with Matty Johns? Look, I did spend some time in the office this week and that seemed to be being replayed wall-to-wall, back-to-back, all week. And it was on the... I I couldn't stand to turn the TV up to to listen because I I don't know if I've mentioned... I'm not actually a fan... Of Matty Johns? No, of the other one. Oh, right. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I hear that voice and I feel like I, I'm back in year seven and school bully has me pinned up against the bathroom wall is about to punch me. And these That's are fresh the, memories the for you. Yes. No, I, I, it's actually my new favourite rugby league show. Like the Hadley the, show. No, the face to face with Maddie Jones. Right. It's actually really good because they don't do it. Remember Sturlow on the couch? Yeah. And, and there wasn't even a couch. And Sturlow was never on the couch. Yeah. And the only time he used to be in a chair. And there was one time when he was trying to show how Mitchell Moses was um, playing more direct for the West Tigers or needed to play more direct, and he stood up off the chair. So you, had, you never you had Sturlo on the chair, Sturlo off the chair, but he was never on the couch. But when Sturlo had the one on ones that he would do with the yep. players or ex you know rugby league cognoscenti identity, however you want to refer to it, they just sit in a fairly sterile studio on two leather bound chairs talking to each other with glasses of water, right? Yeah. Matty Johns has gone out and he's gone person a person in all sorts of various environments. He's gone down to the artificial surf park down in Melbourne to see your mate, uh, Nico Hines. <laughs> Andy Gibb. Yeah. Who, though someone was pointing out uh, the other day that Nico Hines was uh, um, somebody else. I'll have to go back to my records to work out who that was. Uh, he's had a terrific interview with Carmichael Hunt 
the actual player. Oh, um, oh right, okay. <laughs> not Ray oh, Hadley. Sorry, okay. yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. getting mixed up uh, there. Uh, at a beach cafe. And, you know, he's, it's a different angle. Kostya Zoo, or Tim Zoo, I should say, didn't quite see the connection with rugby league, but there you go. But he's gone with Hadley, and they've gone into the Hadley Man Cave, which I think is out of Dural somewhere. Right. Well, as long as so, so obviously Galston Gorge Road wasn't blocked that day. <laughs> That's right. They managed to get there, and Hadley's got various memorabilia, which you know, essentially, I think from memory, is a picture of him with lots of well-known people uh, <laughs> framed in pictures, and talked about the wonderful days, about how he was betrayed by Johnny Gibbs, who jumped ship from UE to Two GB, which is exactly what Hadley subsequently did himself, and he won't speak to Johnny Gibbs, and right um, the tragic loss of Peter Chippy Fralingos. Uh, he uh, lays out for everyone who's the greatest continuous call team of all time, which was himself, Bozo Fulton, Chippy Ferengos and Steve Blocker-Roach. And he had some Blocker interesting Roach. words to say about Blocker. I consider Blocker to be the best co-commentator in the media today. He's insightful. He knows the game backwards. He's funny. He brings a bit of light and shade to a broadcast. Wow. And I don't think there's anyone who's going to argue that opinion. I personally love Blocker, and I don't think any of the other analysts, forget your Ennises, forget your Cooper Cronks, you know, forget your, well, the trendsetter, the bar setter, the one that everybody aspires to be, the Braith and Astar. So what you're saying is the bar is set very low. <laughs> Hadley's caller, Blocker's the best co-commentator, and Fox Sports boss Steve Crawley has said, well, I've got to get this man back on television. Blocker, but Blocker's already there, though. Blocker's already there, but I've got to get Hadley back. He's getting Hadley back on television. So it is a very, very dark time for rugby league. But Magic Round itself, I believe, Canberra won your team. The West Tigers won my team. Redfern Pat South's team won. I thought it was a great it's weekend. Kind of magic. Oh, it, it was a fantastic <laughs> weekend. Although yeah, there, was, there were some dark and scary times within it. Tell me about it. Um, I'm not ready yet. You're not ready uh, to, to to discuss the the, the darkness that that almost happened because there was almost a complete blackout, but there were it was sullied. I don't know if it was sullied. I think it was actually dramatised and and the you know the pantomime went nuts because we all know that rugby league is it is a pantomime. Roy Masters has pointed this. You've out. made a career, well, not really a career, but a, a hobby out of it. <laughs> Mate, I've lost a lot of money <laughs> by pursuing this. Line. It's like racing a car privately, isn't it? Yeah, very much right. so. If only yeah. you could find a sponsor. Yeah, where's STP when you need them? Yeah, no, they haven't turned up yet. <laughs> um, but there was this crackdown that turned up, and it, it's from the very from the opening whistle, you could see that Joey um, Grant Atkins, who refereed the first game. He was there. He lost was, his voice, didn't he? He was on a mission. He was lost his voice because he was blowing the whistle so hard and so many times. So this, it harks back. There was a couple of years ago where they, they had a crackdown. They said, we're going to get wrestling out of the game. We are going to adjudicate the ruck. We're going to just follow the rules. If you guys follow the rules, you'll be sweet. Of course, rugby league players don't follow the rules. They're all rebels that like to push the rules, particularly the Melbourne Storm and Cameron Smith back in those dark days. And there was a referee's revolt. I seem to remember this. And, and, and wasn't it apotheosis down at Shark Park? It was St. Quirinus Day. Yeah, wow. <laughs> St. Quirinus Day, where the St. Quirinus Day miracle happened, where Chech gave away, th- awarded 33 penalties and sent Cameron Smith to the sin bin. And by the way, do you know when he went on SEN Radio, his debut with Vossi, was that was the first thing that Vossi went to. So, you know, you know, forget your 40-plus test matches. Forget your, like, you know, two-figure origin wins, more than 10 origin wins. Forget all the premierships, whether they're stripped <laughs> or real. Your moment, your legacy, your contribution to rugby league is the moment you got sin bin. And again... And how did Cam take it? Brilliantly, I thought. I would have thought he'd love it. I, this is the thing about Smith. I mean, and I'm, we can't keep doing it. I mean, we'll, they'll take us <laughs> off the air. But, like, he, in a weird sort of way, he has owned those moments. Oh, he, he knows he's the villain. That's yeah. why he twirls the moustache. And that, that's and, why we miss him. And that's when he was when he went off and he, he pretended, he stammered over the tried line and they said, oh, do you mean this line? Yeah, he was unfamiliar with it. Was, it. Yeah. it was just, it was beautiful. And that was, and he, he understood the theatre and he understood the Screaming Sharks fans and he played with them. And this was a, a hark back to that, that we've had Volandis saying we want to change the rules. Got to protect the head. There's no question. That that, that that is, and, and it is in the rules. Well, I mean, if you remember the old ad with Freddie Fittler and, you know, he concluded the ad with his team going, boys, heads on. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. There's, there's no doubt that you can't play rugby league without a head. Well, um, 
you know, <laughs> Cherry Hill might be an argument against that, but um, yeah, I think well, you do that, need I think head. I think this is the problem with this is the problem. This is where the schism happens in rugby league. You actually can play the game without your head. Yeah, you can. The problem is you then later in life you you don't have your head. It doesn't grow back. That's and that's the problem. That's the Volantis concern. That's the Volantis concern. These people and, and at one point someone's going to sue them. Yes, and you know, that's a big problem in America. NFL, it's a you know the AFL are having to address it. Even rugby union is trying to address it. So they're all trying to address it, but instead of doing it in, in with announcements, with preparation, with preseason, with here you go boys, we're going to interpret because they always release interpretations of the rules at the start of the year. That's, That's what right. They, do. they don't change the rules; they release interpretations. But instead of doing it at the start of the year, they've had a uh, a crackdown mid-season. Uh, what do they call it? A patella. Patella reflex test right. or a knee-jerk reaction. Right. So what you're saying here is there is no rugby league lab where they look at developments in the game and they go, we need to go and sort of come up with similar comments of the game, run prototype exercises, put the thing under stress, see what uh, consequences it might have. You just, <laughs> in Volandi's world, and can I just quote Volandi's on please, this? Please, please do. Volandi says, the whole thing is about entertaining the person that pays your wages and that's the fan. If people don't watch it, you won't get the revenue we get from broadcast. Rugby league is an escapism. You sit there because you want to escape from your normal life. It all starts to make sense, doesn't it? Because I didn't think it was magic round. I felt like science fiction round to me. I felt like I'd gone down a wormhole. My first indication it was a wormhole was that the Tigers got up by 18 and didn't blow the lead. Ooh. But then once, once your mate Joey just started to blow the pee out of the whistle and scream and yell and put people in the bin for set restarts for bizarre reasons and... Um, suddenly people are being binned for heads. I said, well, there was a guy with pointy ears who was sitting next to me and he goes, it's uh, <laughs> rugby league, Jim, but not as we know it. And this is Volandis going, I've got a problem to fix. And I am, and he was quoted last night with Gus Gould, who won that interview on 100% footy game set and match, if you get a chance to look at it. A bit worried about Gus. He's a bit florid. He didn't have any makeup on. It wasn't a good look for the great man. He's uh, just had the dermabrasion. Yeah, and 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 he and he'd given an interview, I think, earlier with the uh, the three sixty crew pre Hadley. God, they'll talk about three sixty in the future. Post and pre and ah. Yeah, good big yeah. shout out to ah there. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it is that he says I'm a can do type of person, and that's who I think Valani think he is. So he goes, I've seen a problem. I'm going to do something about it. My concern is this crackdown that occurred mid season came off about we've got to protect the head of the players. We've got to do it, as he says. Uh, we've got to protect it because um, it's giving a signal to mothers that it's a safe game to play. Your mums. Yeah, yep. like forget about fathers. They don't care about their kids. Kids <laughs> get killed as far as they're concerned. But we've got to do something about the mothers. Yep. And so he's, I'm a can-do guy, so he does the crackdown. And, of course, he does the crackdown for one reason and it occurred previous round. And what was that reason? Power? No, Drew Hutchison getting kneed in the back oh, by Dylan Brown. So, so the well, the, oh, it was the inaction of the bunker and the inaction of the referees about Drew Hutchison getting kneed in the back. Yes, but protect you're, drawing, the head. you're drawing a fine line here, Dennis. I think you're trying to explain it. He actually goes to the press and he says, uh, "If I can just draw the quote here at short notice, that it's um, it's uh." You've never been allowed to hit someone in the head. I personally feel sick for Drew Hutchinson after suffering Hutchison after suffering a punctured lung. Imagine the pain he was in for three or four days. As an administrator, we've got to eradicate that. So that's that's a non sequitur, isn't it? Yeah, to play the head, the lungs. Like, yeah, of course, you sympathise with him. But again, we've got that patella reflex being tested, and and we're having so many discussions from experts about it's now a, you know sort of an above the waist tackle, a margin for error comes off of the ball. High tackles. This is a wrap up. The legs tackle is now always penalised because if you hang on the legs, uh, and so we've got human anatomy involved here. I'm concerned that Volandis doesn't understand human anatomy. Does he understand that when Dylan Brown's knees goes into the rib cage of Drew Hutchison, that's got nothing to do with attacking the head of a player? I do, but I also think, I also think that. Peter Volandis, Voldemort, whatever you want to call him. I also think Overlord. he understands entertainment. He understands theatre. And he's gone, we've got magic around. We've got eyes. Let's give them something to look at. And 
what's happened. The media's gone nuts. People have gone nuts. Facebook, there are so many people saying, oh, I'm going to tear up my membership. And when people are threatening to tear up their rugby league memberships, you know the game's in good health. It's like I went I, I, I went to school in a suburb called Hunters Hill. Did you? Yeah. And it's fair to say that that's a blue ribbon liberal electorate. And it's probably fair to say that you went to school with every state premier and like yeah. all the historical people well, in the world, well, all the musicians, they all were there. It was till Maxine McHugh ripped it away from Johnny Howard in the uh, 2008 <laughs> election. But I remember in the 1972 dismissal election when we were playing handball and there were propaganda $2 notes, you know, uh, pointing out the, uh, the, um, uh, the, the terrible attitude and uh, things that the Labor Party would do to us. So many kids would tell me, my parents say, that if Labor gets in again, they're going to leave Australia, right? <laughs> and, and I think... This That's is what so rugby league because because I was guilty of it. First of all, I was thrilled and delighted that your team, the Raiders, my team, the Tigers, and Redfern Pat's team, the South Sydney Rabbitohs, won on the weekend. And I was sitting there as the multiple sin bins, the send offs were occurring, and I was going, "This is a fiasco, a farrago, and a farce." And you know what, Dennis? I was fired up like I've never been. I salute you, Peter Volandis. You have saved rugby league. Again, again. Now, what what did the coaches make of all of this? Well, um, I, I think that we get a first insight because the coaches, to me, I've got a theory about it. But, but the first theory is why is Peter Volandis doing this? Why is he splitting the game into these two camps? And it was Trent Barrett, of all people, the losing coach T-Baz. for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs, who had some insight about what might be going on. Well, it's, it's a contact sport, Rudy, and it's pretty hard not to touch anyone's head or neck when you're tackling someone with or without the ball. It's going to happen. It's impossible not to. And we all, we're all aware of it. And, you know, bearing in mind that most of us coaches play it as well, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to get hit in the head or the neck occasionally. It didn't, I'm fine with that. You know, there's the game. There's no thuggery in the game anymore. Like there's no swinging arms and elbows, and it's not like it was in the 80s. It, but occasionally, someone there will be contact there. No one intentionally goes out to do it, and it'll turn into a game of Oztag if, if that's what they want. Well, you know, and that's that's I guess the concern for us. Game of Oztag. Yeah. So first of all, he okay. First of all, he needs to be careful. There's a lot of very good and decent people play Oztag. That's right. Very like, good, hardworking. Can I can I just people. describe Oztag as a tough sport? It's a tough sport, and tough people play it. Very tough people play it. Uh, and what I heard there was, first of all, T Baz expected the odd blow to the head, and might I say, what an attractive head it is, and and so it deserves to be protected. The, the question is, was he saying he expects a blow to the head? While he's still coach? As because he's a coach. Because he's a coach. Because this happened, of course, with Nathan Brown gave him a blow, a very famous blow to the head. Nathan was coach, he and wasn't. That's been the culture of coaching in which T Baz has been brought up. And, and to be honest, had they held those public press conferences, which we might talk about a bit later, I think there were plenty of Canterbury fans lining up to give T Baz a bit of a whack across the chops. But again, human anatomy comes into this because he sort of says, Look, I expected to get hit when I tackle. Well, no, they're being tackled around the legs, Trent. No. You know, so there's more to be unpacked here. But I just thought. What occurred to me is that if rugby league, which is no longer as we know it as of last weekend, for all the reasons we've gone into, if we've got one stream, which is, for want of a better term, Oztag, touch football, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. the gladiators that still want to get touched up around the head, and let's face it, they're queuing up because there are plenty of players being whacked in the head and whacking in the head on the weekend. Well, yes. Everyone goes, well, what's the next logical extension? The, the, The badge of honour that rugby league has worn for more than 100 years when they can say to Americans, well, <laughs> you play your gridiron. We don't wear helmets here in rugby league. Yep. Helmets are less than five years away. The gladiatorial <laughs> aspect of rugby league still will get the punters through the door. If you ever saw the movie with James Kahn called Rollerball, Dennis, right. which has been remade more than once, I think, that's what's going to happen. We're going to split into the touch football, Oz tag, tough sport stream. And we're going to split in a rollerball. And Peter Volandis, who hasn't had the best week after he didn't get up against the all-left-wing loony mob, the ABC, with the defamation and racing, he'll be the supremo of not one sport, not two sports, but three, but three. sports. So I thought then when you said there was going to be a movie, I thought you were going to go to Russell Crowe and say, forget the ball, just get him out there with a helmet and a couple of clubs and swords. Now, T-Baz is, of course, the coach of... Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. And all I can say is thank God 
for the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs because struggling They're clubs like the Raiders, we really needed to play the Bulldogs. And it was that's what brought the magic to Magic Rounds, the fact that we had the Bulldogs. But <sighs> half-time, the Raiders are up by eight points. <laughs> and I don't know if you know about this, eight but 93-8 is what... Last five has rounds. been scored against the Raiders in the second half. So when when in the second half of that game, I, I couldn't watch it. So I was watching the um, well, what I thought was the the Panthers in their you know traditional vertical black and white stripes up against the Dragons in their traditional white with the red V. And I was watching, going, this this game is a joke. This is an absolute joke. They're knocking on. At least they had kicking duels. I do like a kicking duel. They bought that back, and there was knock on. They buggered the goalposts up, and it wasn't until. The end of the game, they realised it was actually AFL. Right. It wasn't the Dragons and Penrith at all. But because I had to work on that game, I couldn't watch the Raiders game. And I was watching the scores on my phone. And the second half hoodoo, which is as strong as... It, it, it was such a powerful force and I don't understand it. So I've been so moved about the Raiders' second half hoodoos over the last six weeks. We've had one win. I had to write a song about it. The Raiders start the game so strong This is their week, what could go wrong? The fans cheer them on Till half time's over But something happens in the sheds And then the Raiders bow their heads And lose the game instead once half time's over What the hell is it that happens at half time? They like two teams Jekyll and Hyde They are winners one minute, not the next Has someone cast some kind of hit? Against the Knights and Rabbit Toes But then they let it go when half time was over. That they could end the game when half time's over. Beats made it faster every week. Just 40 minutes would be sweet. The Raiders hit their peak before half time's over. They're always in the game till half time's over. Maybe things will change when half time's over. So thank God. We had the Bulldogs magic round. I believe that Stevie sang that in that song. And happy birthday to Stevie Wonder. He was 71 just last Thursday. And my boy, Rick Wakeman, turned 72 today on the day oh. we were broadcasting, which may mean nothing to Recording. people. Recording, whatever, that's right. Yeah, but Ricky, uh, Ricky in there, he... Um, I, I should give a shout-out to fan of the show, uh, JJ from Fox Sports, Jake Duke. Well, he keeps saying fired up, so I, I presume he is. Well, he'll be an interesting bellwether because he's crossed over from Channel 9 to Fox Sports, and so... No doubt Cameron will be talking to him and going, can we set it up where me and Cooper are just kept completely separate <laughs> if he wants to make it. By the way, while we're on uh, uh, giving facts, I've just it was Dogstar on Twitter at Dogstar underscore zero one. Nico Hines is a dead ringer for Heath Ledger. Oh, yeah. And very much from the 10 things I hate about you era, I think. Yeah, well, he also, um, he's a boy from Gosford in Central Coast and grew up there and played, I think, what do we play for? So he's playing for Queensland, right? Well, that's Chris Choppy Close <laughs> has, has actually tweeted saying he's from Gosford. That's near enough the border. Welcome to Queensland, son. So, Choppy, uh, actually, I've actually saw a tweet from Choppy and, you know, I'm always quite curious looking at the profile photo. And Choppy looks like he's in pretty good shape and um, all, all power well, to him. Well, he's in, in no worse shape. When he played, he was just a barrel. He was just a keg. And he, he still he still looks like that. But he's in very good form. He's got a great sense of humour. But let's go. The Raiders had a win. Yes. The Raiders had a win. The Raiders had a win where they were ahead at halftime by eight points. They somehow against the dogs 
fell behind 12-8. Jackie Boy was in the bean. Papa was sent. And suddenly, the with only Papa. 11 players, well, this it was the old Papa, not old Papa, the, the old, old Papa. Papa. He was sent. And the Raiders suddenly sparked up under duress. So I'm wondering if Ricky, he's named his team for next week against the Storms. Who's in if, it, Dennis? Oh, Sammy's in it. Oh, Sammy's yeah. in it. I'm just wondering if he's going to put Sammy out there on his own. Like, just, just M- run out of the players. Meanwhile, the, the mainstream press is saying that the Raiders are ravaged in their team selections by ravaged. injury and, and suspensions. Ravaged. But you see it as a positive. I see it as a positive. But this is a question because Ricky Stewart. He was uh, his response to Magic Round. Um, apart from like two weeks ago, he said he didn't give a shit. Mm-hmm. Last week he said fuck me. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Michael, luck me. <laughs> this <laughs> week, there. this week he's gone straight into blasphemy. Yes, he's pulled out the name of our Lord and Savior yes. in vain. Which, for, I'm sure, for some of our listeners, that's just going to be way too much. But well, Ricky, he said, he said Valandis' name during the press conference. <laughs> the son of Valandis. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then he he discussed this. I know we've got to play to our mums and and dads. I, I, I'm, I'm the first to promote the game. I have Fox in there in the shed before the game today just to try and give the people in the lounge rooms a feel for what it's like. I don't have to do that, but I do it because I feel it's my responsibility to promote the game and I want to promote the game to parents. But Jesus, we're, we, we've got a game that's quite unique and we've got a game that's not for everyone. It's as simple as that. It's a tough, brutal contact sport. And if we want to take that away, let us know. I'll start recruiting different types of players. Wow. First of all, there is the NRL campaign 2022. The tagline's already written. We got NRL, not for everyone. (laughs) (laughs) Tough, brutal. And, of course, Ricky's been in more trouble this week because of an alleged, I'll say an alleged comment, alleged by friend of the show, Paul Trent, Paul Kent. Just in case Redfern Pat, no, we don't think that Paul Kent listens to the show. Oh, I'm sure he does. I hope but he does. Friend of the I show, wish he does. Friend of the show, Paul Kent, um, made an alleged quote from Ricky yes. saying that, uh, you know, if... If I can't have tough conversations. If I can't have t- tough conversations with my players, may as well be coaching netball. Boom. We, this caused outrage. Total outrage. Absolutely. And this this is almost as much, as much outrage as Volandis has caused by having this crackdown in Magic Round. Ricky has caused outrage and has caused that the media has gone nuts and netball, and as Ricky said, netball has got a huge boost from it. It sure does. And it caused outrage in my home uh, because uh, my partner and daughter said, who is this 60-something old misogynist <laughs> white guy looking straight at me, like through me, you know, stigmatising netball? Oh. But it's been an absolute godsend for netball. In, in fact, it's been stigmatised. You can say <laughs> stigmatised. The well done, sticky. Now, I, I have I have been to international netball. The, the, so have I. I hadn't gone to a netball I've game. Been to a diamonds game. Year seven, I think, was last time I went and watched some friends. No, no, I played. I played social I netball. I played a bit of netball. Played social netball. And, and by the way, the one thing I will say: the netball needs to be careful because they've been. Rolling out evidence like a million women play it. No mention of the male players. Exactly, I played. And and why is it rugby league's got the reverse thing? Because all rugby league seems to be concerned about is mums. I mean, you heard Ricky say and dads is an afterthought. I mean, I think we we've got to be more inclusive here. But netball's done so well out of this that the uh, Swifts MVP from the game. It was a great weekend for Sydney netball. The Swifts and the Giants both got up, and the Giants are on top of the table right now. And she said, "Look, it was great beating the opposition. They were a tough team." But my players are tough, and it was a tough game. Do they have so, tough conversations? So, I'm the, betting they did. So, so Ricky is a marketing machine. He's given <laughs> Netball its tagline for 2022. Netball. Super Netball. It's tough. It's tough. <laughs> NRL, not for everyone. <laughs> but when he says... He must have been tempted when he said, I'll have to recruit a different type of player. I mean, what was he referring to? I, I think he's saying, I've, I've seen women playing netball. I'm getting them in. No, you're wrong there. They are tough. You're wrong there. He, he, he pulled the wrong rein. He admitted that. And he goes, I'm going to have to re- recruit players that aren't so, so tough, who play in a sport that isn't very tough. And of course, he, was refer- he needs to refer to rugby, rugby union. union. <laughs> well, he did have some rugby union himself. Um, he grew up playing league. Grew up playing only, league, but he was an Australian schoolboy. Because he went to Eddie's. Yeah. That's why. Which, which he never was a played at school. a senior level rugby union, did he? Did he play any international? Uh, he, he toured. He toured with the with the, the other team. What are they called? The small kangaroos? Wallabies. Wallabies. He toured. <laughs> did he play test matches? He didn't play a test match. Right. But his, his roommate was uh, 
was Terry Campisi's uncle. Wow, it's, it's such a discussion which we won't bore anyone with right now, but I do love the crossover stories. Oh. Ray Price oh. was such a wonderful example of it. Yep. Brett Patworth, not such a wonderful example of it. No. Look, I did say my one game of Super Netballing National that I saw that I was say, oh, I've done a few actually. It had my greatest sporting achievement in it because we were set up on the sideline to commentate the game. It was Australia New Zealand with the Constellation Cup. And um, I was sitting there and the, the Superdome, whatever it's called, the... Uh, is it, what, Kudos Bank Kudos Arena. Kudos Bank Arena. What did he use? Sydney Superdome. Yeah, Ace it's Arena. Ace so Arena. many wonderful so names. So many names. Commercial names that you'll never mention. <laughs> that, it was full of people and they were screaming. The noise was fantastic. We're on the sideline and I was, we were... The floor they put in there, the artificial floor to play on, is actually about a foot higher than the floor we were yep. on. So we're at knee level. Those women's knees are so powerful that it's all just jumping and to prevent injuries for your ACL, you've got to have your VMO, which is your the fastest medialis. I'm all across this because I've got crook knees. Well, your VMO is what you need to build. Yeah, I've got to, I've, women, I work on my VMOs constantly. They have VMOs for days. They are amazing. And the leaping they were doing, they're just so powerful they were throwing and they they pegged the ball like it's a it is actually quite a brutal sport but at one point the ball has come off the field and no, 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 come on dennis it's, it's a tough going, sport it's going towards my broadcast equipment and it's going to my left and i have come out of my chair gone left full outstretched left hand and the ball has stuck there you go it's stuck in my left hand which is my dodgy hand it's had three broken fingers a broken hand and a broken wrist on it because it's so dud it's stuck and i was looking at it going Shit, I caught it. And the crowd behind me, there's like 20,000 people behind me. went, woo! And I threw it back on the field. How good am I? Finest sporting achievement right there. I um, work on my VMOs constantly at the gym, and the owners of the gym have come across and said, look, mate, you, your VMOs in such poor shape. It's bad advertising for us because you do it in a <laughs> private room out the back. It's, it is embarrassing. But, I mean, the coaches, I think, like the rest of us, were pretty much blindsided by the crackdown, didn't you think? Even though it was announced and they all knew about it, they were blindsided. Well, and, yeah, and, and, but the varying opinions they're expressing, to me it's, it's like what we're talking about here. I mean, Steve Mascord oh. has run a doomsday clock on rugby league and when the concussion debate first came around, he had it at 150 years. The game would be gone in 150 years. He then quickly wound it four to 100. The way Volandis is talking, if we don't do something, we won't have a game in 15, 15 years. He called it 15, yeah. Extinction event, right? Yeah. And so we're looking at the extinction event, which I've identified that Volandis wants to split the sport into touch football and rollerball. But the causes of the extinction event and the views, you go to the scientists. And the scientists yeah. in rugby league are the coaches. And, and The mad and, professor. Yeah, exactly. I feel that the debate going around the future of rugby league is like climate change. And to be honest, if we get through the pandemic, which according to Volandis, he goes, well, we beat COVID last year. Why can't we beat contact with the head? And I thought that was slightly overstating it, given the situation <laughs> in countries like India right now. I don't think rugby league, I think he did a good job, but I don't think he beat COVID. That's my view. But if we get through the other side of the pandemic, I argue that the future of rugby league is a more important issue than climate change. Yeah, well, but I'd also... Kind and of, if we could get Greta Thunberg on board. I'd also pick you up on a point of fact that there's actually no scientific dissent about climate change. There is Murdoch Do media. Do you not listen to Alan Jones? Is, you know he's still on Sky News. I mean, you've got to get all your facts okay, right. Yeah, but you've got to say, Alan Jones, a scientist, he's not. No, he's, he's a broadcaster. He's all sorts of things, but a scientist, he is not. He's a broadcaster, not a journalist. But he is, it's, it's champions like Jones that give voice to the beleaguered scientists who let's say opinions- hey, uh, the beleaguered scientists the beleaguered 1.5 percent of climate scientists across the world okay whereas the other 98.5 are saying yeah no this is it's human it's been done by humans so it's not the rugby league malay is not like that the climate change okay, rugby so league is accept- much more divisive well i don't know i'm going to almost accept that you're right but in the sense that if <laughs> It, it, it's tough for me to do Mark that. Mark it down. I that, yeah, if if there's not much dissent that we've got to do something about contact with the head because, you know, mm. we want this. If Alani so beautifully puts it, he wants players to leave the game with all their faculties, not just yeah. not just 80% of their faculties. Yeah. Can you imagine, I'm sorry, you're cut from the squad and your faculty score is 76. <laughs> Have a great life. Uh, that uh, what I think the consensus is we all want to do something about it, but there's differences as to ah, how the application. And and yeah, well, we've heard from Sticky. Yes. We've heard from T-Baz. What did, what did Wayne Bennett have to say? Okay, I'm interested in the game and how we play it and how it goes across to the fans. We're in the entertainment business. Don't kid yourselves. If I'm sitting down with a remote control, I can go to any channel I want that quickly. 
And that's what we've got to, that's our challenge. It's not, you know, we've got the, you know, people love the game and would, would love it anyway, but there's a hell of a lot out there that we need to get involved in our game that we want to stay in our game. So the Townsend moment was just a moment in a game. It'll happen against us in a fortnight's time. I know that. So I wasn't, didn't get myself up on it. I didn't think it was, you know, I just thought it was what they were doing tonight, so. Well, obviously, Peter's listening to you giving these comments today. Is it? Well, I don't know. I don't know if he reads your papers, does he? Well, I don't know. <laughs> oh, but what were we? Because you've been talking about earlier that that on face to face you had Ray Hadley. Now we've just had the Townsend moment. Then he talks about Pete. Now I'm hearing Pete Townsend face to face. Where are we going here? It's Isn't a who's solo career. Oh, wow. So th- I love. The Townsend moment. That's, the Townsend moment. That sounds like the, the windmill arms. Yeah, that sounds like the Crown Heights affair or something. It's <laughs> some sort of you know conspiracy <laughs> movie. Are you re- are you aware of what he's referring? Yeah, are you aware of what he's referring to? I didn't see that game. So, Pat's and by the way, West Tigers won. Oh, Canberra Raiders won. South Sydney Rabbitohs won. It was such a great weekend. Oh, hang on. Was this a moment where? They've played on, they've played on, they've played on, and they've actually, the video yes. rep has gone back to a foul yes. four plays so, earlier in the same set of six. So the beleaguered, and I've used that word already today, Cronulla, Sutherland, Sharks. Unprecedented. A big, big hello. Double to, use of the word. Big, big, big hello to Brendan Cowell, Sharksless. Huh. Hello, Stephen Ferris, Dragonsless. Isn't it interesting that, that Brendan Cowell and Stephen Ferris have not, again, not turned I know. up? I know. The week when both of them have lost, I suspect they're both sitting at Cogra having a little cuddle at the New Shark Park. They're both their home ground as their teams are about to be re-merged. And a week. And so, you know, thank you, South Sydney. I accept all your plaudits for the access to Benji Marshall. South, led by Benji, with a couple of glorious, majestic cutout passes, have a healthy lead. And then the Sharks come roaring back. Hannes, I don't know, spray them deluxe at halftime or what have you. <laughs> and they're within six. And then, they're, again, they're in the shadow of the sticks. And there are many things we probably won't get time to talk about Magic Round, like every time there was a try scored, those flashing lights. I hope they gave strobe warnings to people. And the idea that they had on, on-field interviews, which they tried with Moses Embai, and then seemed to immediately abandon after that. And I thought they must have Did a Moses Embai talk about Michael Luck? Well, <laughs> no. Fortunately, Moses was happy to talk, because I'm sure they decided they'd only interview players if they're up by 20 with five minutes to go. Because I did I did have one of those... This is the first time in two months that I've actually watched a Raiders game back on replay, because I didn't see it live, so I, I watched it. And I noticed they actually put a mic in the middle of a, a team huddle after yes. a try. And Elliot Whitehead's there, and they didn't bother putting subtitles up, because no one could understand what he was saying. But then, my man, I love Tommy Starling. Tommy Starling comes up, and his first word is, look, Michael Luck. <laughs> suddenly the microphone is hurriedly withdrawn look it was it was one of the cockamamie ideas they came up with and, and I'm old enough to remember the first day of World Series cricket played out at VFL Park in front of nobody yep. and it was, I think it was the West Indies versus Australia and they came up with the idea of interviewing which is now de rigueur and things yeah, like yeah, Big yeah. Bash whatever but interviewing the dismissed bats person <laughs> as they left the ground and we're talking the 70s hardened Australian tough cricketer uh, Netball, like if I could say that. Conversations. Yep. And David Colley, who had played a little bit of Test cricket for Australia and was a New South Wales uh, seamer, was uh, imbued with the task of interviewing the players as they exited the pavilion. Right. So Ian Chappell's Nick won a second slip, and he's come <laughs> to the fence. And David, that one just get away from you, Chappelle. Well, Michael Luck, Colley, get out of my way. <laughs> it lasted. <laughs> It lasted for one day, that innovation back in the 70s. A little bit the same at Magic Round. But anyway, within the sticks, the sticks which probably lit up if they scored nine style, Cronulla on a raid, and all of a sudden, whoever the referee was blows time, and I can't remember who it was. I actually Did you have Jerry? can't remember who it was. And the bunkers got involved, and they said, <sighs> oh, we've got to go back. There's a crusher tackle that we've spotted. And they go back, and Chad Townsend has sort of brushed the hair of his own hair because he's always got to look after it. <laughs> and in doing so, might have just contacted briefly the back of the neck of the South Sydney Rabbitoh player. Yep. The penalties awarded to South. They kick, you know, they're piggybacked, as they say. They're kicked piggybacked. out of trouble and they score in the ensuing set of six and the game is over. So Bennett, who'd had... And it's not clear whether he had a coffee, brunch or a, even an alcoholic beverage with Volandis that morning. Says, I'm 100% with Peter. We've got to stop attacking the head. I'm completely opposed to it. Well, he wasn't four weeks ago when Latrell Mitchell got four weeks. <laughs> no. But anyway, 
But he says, rugby league is a game of momentum. So who's controlling the game? Is it the referees or the bunker? That's probably a war we're not aware of. Jared Maxwell's Ooh. got one set of forces and Annesley's got another set of forces going on or Sutton or whatever. Jeez. And uh, he said, I have choices. Now, Wayne, as you heard, clicked with his remote. That's an old-fashioned remote. I mean, Wayne would have grown up with a rank arena, with a remote, with a cord that actually went into the TV. No, he would have been getting up from the chair to... And then the, then the remote originally two had channels cords, anyway. Then they that? had the cords. Yeah, that would have been Wayne. Right. So that, so maybe this is an issue. It's like we talked last week about power, and you're saying Wayne likes to sit at home with his remote. Wayne doesn't like that the bunker has a remote and can rewind. Wayne wants to choose whether to rewind or fast forward or pause. I think not that, the bunker. I think that that idea that the coaches actually get to decide what gets reviewed on the field is can't can't be any worse than the bunker right now. So the the, the referee was Chris Hopper Sutton. Oh, I was Hopper, right? On your touch, there was Darian Ferner and Zbigniew Shiklas Radamski. Thank you very much, my favourite. And Shorty, so it was Shorty was in the bunker with the uh, he had the rewind button. We, we there. had this conversation that I wonder if that Adamski touch judge is related to Adamski who had the hit killer which was sung by a then little-known performer by the name of Seal. Seal? Yeah. Well, I'll, if I see him in Dubbo, I'll be asking. How many of Dansky's are there? So, so, interestingly, Wayne was in favour of Peter's initiatives, but not this retrospective review. It happened in the Broncos-Manly game of well with Tavita Pangai Jr. Where they went back, yes. It does beg the question, though, if, if Wayne agrees with Peter that it's escapism and we're in the entertainment business, baby. Make what no are, mistake. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what are his choices? What, what else is he watching? What do you think Wayne watches? The circle. <laughs> My partner is fully in the circle. I mean, she's prepared no. to watch the Brazilian version and the American version, the Canadian version. That's the only reason I've heard of it because I've been arguing with my partner this week going, it's rubbish. And she's saying, she's a complete addict. Yeah. She's completely in the cult. There, there uh, are I think Wayne would love it. Because I'm sort of waiting for Rage to start on your left-wing loony ABC. <laughs> At the moment, there's a, you know how the English had that penchant for murder mysteries? There's endless murder mysteries. Right? Those little tiny towns have a population of 30 and murders. They've, they've now every got week. extraordinarily modern dramas featuring sort of upper middle class professional people. One is called Dr. Foster, leads on a Friday into rage, I think. And the other one on Saturday is called The Split, which is about a family law practice. Every single person in these shows is interminably miserable. Right, their lives are actually caving apart as there's affairs going on and oh. child custody battles and, and whatever. But they're strangely addictive. They're kind of like those Danish, you know, crime <laughs> investigations. I reckon Wayne is all over Doctor Foster and the Split. Yeah, but what he should be watching, and it occurred to me because there was an ad during. I, I, I knew early on as uh, the Tigers went to a victory. By the way, your team won. Yeah, yeah. my team won. Pat's team won. And, and I said, okay, this crackdown, it's writ large. It's going to create a lot of controversy. And then on Fox, an ad came for Aussie Salvage Squad. And I <laughs> Do you think, think Wayne watches that? Well, I think he watches that. And I think that's what we need if we're going to fix this game. Yeah, well, he, he's supposed to be coaching the new squad, the, the new Brisbane team. Oh, well. That's, that's Wayne. So he, Wayne really had a magic round, didn't he? He had an incredible round because he had coffee, brunch. Coffee with Zolanders. He, he he met up with Gus Gould. I think that might have just been in a lift, but Gus and he talked extensively. Yeah. He um, went apartment shopping with Adam Reynolds. Nice. Yeah, because he says Adam, Adam Reynolds is going to be an asset to whatever Brisbane team I tell him to go to, yep. which turns out to be the Broncos. So, <laughs> you know, Kevy said, Wayne, please come. I'm ready. Yep. I'm ready to step down, essentially. He nixed the whole on-field the press conference with the crowd. That was the highlight. Ditched it. So the, in amongst all those innovations, the, the best innovation was that the surface didn't chop up too much for over eight games. No. Honest, was that they were going to hold public square press conferences. So the two coaches and the two captains after the oh, heat together. of battle would be brought out onto the podium together. There'd be an MC curating the event. <laughs> They would say, ladies Was it going to be Jake Duke? Well, the press it would probably be Duke or, you know, like Andy Raymond, I think, would probably be a good choice for that yeah. sort of thing. Uh, or maybe Hannah might be up there, Hannah Hollis. In the left corner, weighing in. Yeah, and, and I they like would, it. And they would put the Donald Trump style, they put the press at the back of the rally at the, at the public square. So and the fans could be at the front. That's right. So first of all, the press would get the first opportunity to ask questions curated by Hannah or Andy Raymond, uh, you know, Wayne, you know, um, I turned to Brent Reed, the Australian, blah, blah, blah. Reedy. Right. 
Then they go, now, ladies and gentlemen, I have a set of questions from the public. And then the public supposedly submitted questions and the MC would say, Dennis Carnahan has a question. I was like, Carianus That's is that's, there. that's nice. right. Yeah, has a question from Michael, you know, written for him by Michael Carianus. <laughs> Ghost written. Sticky, why do we powder in the second half, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and Wayne says, I'm having none of it. He says, the first thing is, I've got to keep you journalists employed. And allowing the public to answer the questions, it'll point out how stupid you journalists are in your That's questions. A fair point. He says, I know what can happen. Things can get out of control. Because what would have happened is the public wouldn't have asked questions in a polite and curated manner. They turn around and start yelling at the likes of Buzz and Paul Kent and go, fake news. What are you doing? It'd turn ugly like a Republican rally. Oh, but I, I'm, and- I'm picturing there would be stocks up on stage and there would be buckets of rotten fruit. And, and so... Remind me, how many coaches in the NRL? Well, uh, currently 16. Currently 16. How many coaches is Wayne? How many coaches is Wayne? Yeah. Oh, he's several. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's a waiting, right? Yeah. Right. So each coach is a waiting. Hannah would be negative, right? Yep. He would have been up there with negative with negative Hannah in terms of influence. Oh. So they go to the coaches. This is what we're doing. It's a tremendous innovation. Wayne goes, well, my vote is no way. The whole thing gets nixed. Yeah. So Wayne had the best weekend. And he just I, I said, I don't care that, where my next job is in Brisbane. I'm just having a great time right I suspect now. that quietly in the background, there was a certain uh, Craig Bellamy going, no, I'll be dropping every Carmichael under the sun if you make me do that. Not going to happen. Yes. Um, so is that is that enough on the crackdown? Look, we could go on forever, but we, uh, so we're often accused have, of doing that. So I think we should wrap it. We haven't go even to a break. mentioned the send-off players, the sin binnings, oh. the records that were done. It was just astonishing. The public is crying out for media watch and flaming feedback, courtesy of Reverend Pat. But I simply want to say, in closing, mm. given the crackdown occurred, what was the Leaving aside the sort of the set restart stuff, which has all been lost in this, this and the scenario. And the strange new bell. And the, oh, well, the bell. I found that like a soothing... The Buddhist monk bell. soothing gong. Yeah. I, I did get confused, though, because during the West Tigers' victory, along with the Canberra Raiders' victory... And the and South, South Sydney, Sydney Rabbitohs' victory. victory during the week. Oh, oh. And I'm really <laughs> the bell. Uh, the bell would go off for the set restart, and I'd ordered a pizza. Oh, you thought it was cooked? No, no, I'm used to the oven bell. I kept going to the front door. Like, you know, and then I realised, oh, hang on, they've got a new belt. Now, is it just for Magic Round? I don't know. But this crackdown to protect the head, wasn't it just wonderful to see the players expressing themselves in protest by absolutely going the melon? Your boy, the old papa. Uh, my big question, though, is that how did Jared Warrior Hargraves play 43 minutes and not get charged because all he does is attack the head. That's all he ever does. Dennis, and yet there was no charge. Dennis, the answer is in the name of the event. It was Magic Round. <laughs> Falmiano from the Dragons on poor old Pappenhausen. But seriously, when Herman Essiesi, one of my favourite names in rugby league, just said, this is my opportunity. The edict has gone out. I've read the email. I've read the crackdown. I played rugby league because of what I used to see on the vision which is players go the, the knuckle, go the head high, go the yeah. gouge. He says, I dream of the day. He says, there's only been 15 players sent off in 10 years. And all of a sudden, he's seen two go already in this beautiful magic round. He goes, this is my <laughs> Rush moment. Of blood. I come flying out of the out of the, uh, the ruck. I say, Brian, uh-oh. And I go, uh-oh, here goes the head oh And he gets that magic finger and he gets sent off. It was he goes, I've never been so alive. I am truly now a rugby league player. And now it's time for the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. I want to learn a bit more about Planet Gus. How's how's the population going? Well there's only me there at the moment. How do we get in? What are you going to do? You've got to be an astronaut Is to get a there. And that was the latest instalment of the life and times of Gus Gould. Anyway, we're all fired up. Let's go. The vast majority of it, 99% of it, the, the innovation in the game and broadcasting has been brought on by Channel 9. I've been covering football for four decades and I did not understand it. 
Thanks, Buzz. What do you got for us, Pat? So the biggest thing happening in the media at the moment is the uh, is the PVL press junket. Right. What's um, happening there? Yeah. So I just I took this little grab from it. Stop breaking the law, asshole! Well, Peter Vlanis, it's good to see you fired up. <laughs> He's right, not backing so, down. <laughs> did you notice? Yeah, I did, because that's that's one of the things they've been saying that that Felix said this. We haven't the cracked. We haven't changed the rules. We're just enforcing the rules. So, yeah. th- as Lila said there, if you yeah. were uh, if you yeah. obey the rules, there's no there's no change. If you don't yeah. hit him on the head, you stay on the field. Poor old Lachlan, it's so poor simple. Old Lachlan Burr, though, he's oh. like, he's just... if we were having a footy conversation, and let's be honest, this is not a footy show. <laughs> Lachlan Burr and the North Queensland Cowboys with Ming the Merciless. <laughs> The wonderful Todd Payton at the helm with those dreamy eyes. They were stitched up deluxe. And yep. is there any rugby league, is there any right-minded thinking rugby league fan apart from Sydney Roosters fans who just thought that that was just such an unfortunate occasion? And all he got was a fine and what <laughs> transpired was a bin and a penalty and an eight-point lead and the chooks just rolled on. What a great week for Robbo. I mean, he just sort of sails above everyone. And he even outdoes Sticky in the fine. Sticky for saying Michael Luckman under his breath got a warning and Robbo put 10 grand in the bank, albeit suspended. And got the rules changed. Oh, the got rules enforced. 100%. Sticking with on the field. Yep. Cooper Cronk. Yes. I'm done with him. Really? You're done I'm with him? I'm tapping out on Cooper Cronk. So you would He's... subscribe to the Hadley theory that uh, Steve Roach. Roach is the best colour commentator in rugby league? I guess I would be. Yes. Yeah, there you go. He, I think he gets paid by the word, Cooper Cronk. He's just so... Um, verbose. Well, I, I think that that is pretty much the man. <laughs> yeah, that he is verbose. Because I I noticed though he does, he really tries. He wants to put big words in. I suspect he's paid by the syllable because he does try and show his vocabulary, and he does struggle with it. I've I've noticed he's got a really strange uh, cadence to to the way he talks. Skills, smarts, and execution for Nathan Cleary. Now let me take you back to the first half where Philip Sammy flew out of the line and tried to stop Stephen Crichton. That's not doctored. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it, it could well be, though, that that nose has been operated on, it's gone left, it's gone right, it's gone left, it's gone right, well, it's back gone in the middle. Gone left, it's completely then broken. Then it's gone right. It, but, so he, he can't breathe. Can't Most breathe. people can yeah. breathe. I actually He's think got... that's what it is. I think that probably the combination of the beak and the failed scapula repair <laughs> means that he's having basically trouble getting oxygen into the lungs. Yeah, it's quite and possible. also remember, you've probably taken that audio off a really, really distressing week for him where he's he's actually seen the, the Channel 9 announcement and he goes, Smith. it's over with me and Cam. And I, and I think this is the thing. I think Cameron keeps saying, Cooper, it's done, mate. Just move on. And and Cooper, he's a, he's a romantic at heart, isn't he, Dennis? Oh, I don't he's, think a, he's a let poet. Go. So, yeah, very much. So he was operating under duress, but it is an unusual cadence, he was it? also He was also calling a Raiders game. So I, I got the opportunity to uh, to listen to him for the first time because I watched the Raiders game yep. on replay. And I did notice that he he struggles for words because he's trying to find bigger ones to say. Yeah. But every yeah. now and again, when he's under duress, he just comes up with... <gasps> How good was that? Or in the impending Channel 9 versus, uh, versus Fox Sports round two, Super League two, that Smith and Cronk will lead oh. their sides to. I wonder if he can drop anti-disestablishmentarianism. I'm sure he could. As the regime's build. But it did remind me of a uh, Malcolm in the Middle. Sure. Where Cooper Cronk guest starred. My movies about you doing... Your paper about me doing my. All oh, right, I get it. <laughs> that was me to Cooper Cronk at the end. Oh, I get it. Cooper. Yeah. Is that Brian Cranston by any chance? No. no. Uh, <laughs> that was the dad, I think. Yeah. Um, and then finally. Finally. Crawls. More Cooper? Crawls. Oh, crawls. The, the Crawls. More Crawls. What have we got from Crawls the this hall, week? The, the Hall of Crawley. <laughs> <laughs> he just keeps giving. Yeah, he does. It gets to Monday night. I'm like, what have I got? And all you have to do is just is just think about Paul Crawley. He had this little nugget about the, the Broncos. Um, the Broncos are struggling at the moment, and this is their problem. I think the Broncos are at a stage where they have to win football games. That is some of the... Now, you're talking about Blocker Roach being an expert. I'm sorry, Ray Hadley. That there is some of the finest analysis I have heard of listening to rugby league since... I, I'd say 1969 was the first time I ever heard of rugby league. The, that is the finest analysis I have heard. I can't argue with it. I can't wait till the Thursday edition of The Astonisher comes out because you get the Crawley Files oh. as the insert. <laughs> and, you know, World War Three could have broken out on page one. 
And well, and I, I'm always concerned because of the cafe I go to, I think that people are a bit pretentious. And I always feel, <laughs> I, I always feel really yourself included. Yeah, uh, and I always feel really guilty that when I, you know, because we still get the hard copy papers because I give them to my old man, that I go straight for the back page. But Thursday is no problem because I'm oh the middle section must be you know the the money lift out or something. It's the Crawley Fowls. He's that good. Yeah. So what do you got in fan? We got some fan we got feedback. Some, flaming got, feedback. We got flaming feedback. Any more fun facts about, about this this week? I just marvel at the career of Janet Jackson. And if you want to find the pivotal moment for her musically, it was, of course, where Flight Time Productions came in and did the Control album with her. And Flight Time Productions, of course, are Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. And Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are, of course, are Terry, from... Terry Lewis has to be a football player from the 70s. No, they are from... Pilot? The, they are the time. The Minneapolis band that Prince was heavily involved in with Morris right. Day and Jerome and were played the rival Jerome band. Jerome Hughes. Yes, Jerome Hughes played the rival band in the 1984 Opus Purple Rain. Oh. There you go. Who wrote the song? Yeah, and they've got great songs like The Bird. And they, they wrote Purple Rain. Yes. Bird, 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 bird is a word. No, no, Wendy and Lisa wrote Purple Rain. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, no, the. Have you heard? There's a new craze going around the bird, which Kevin Smith says is the greatest song ever written. So that's. Is it that one? The bird, 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 bird. No, that's completely different. Different. What are the fans said this week, Pat? So Art, friend of the show, has got has got something for you. For me. You're a big rock and roll fan. Yes. Do you like this? Sure. That's for you because it fades out in the second half. If we could just get the oh, people to people to send in stuff to flesh out the whole hour, that would be great. Wow. Yes. Yeah, we're having trouble right coming up with what oh. we're doing. Art. Friend of the show, Greg Cross, is annoyed at Josh McGuire's hip toss. Is I he... thought he was a tad unlucky, but well, this... I think the astonishing thing about Josh McGuire this week is that he he remained on the field. Um, Sportsbet <laughs> closed their market on how long will it take Josh McGuire to get sent off, and it took him. So he got ten in the bin. But he's only on the field for nine minutes. So there are suggestions of what, what the Dragons should do with Josh Maguire is they should start with him in the bin. So they just start the game with 12 players. They're all trained for this. He comes on in well, the 10th. They went with 12. He comes on in the 10th. Well, the Raiders did okay with 12. He comes on in the 10th minute. And he then has one free high shot up his sleeve because he can just go and take oh, out the other double team's je- double jeopardy. Double jeopardy. Yes. Can't go back to the bin. Sir, I've already spent my 10 minutes, yeah. so I'm taking out Jerome Hughes. I'm taking out whoever it is. <laughs> and I think that's probably a good play for him. Then he gets to take out the second playmaker. Bang, he's off. Yeah. And the Dragons win. Far be for me to say that Josh Maguire was a tad unlucky, but he got, <laughs> he got the five weeks for the hip toss, right? And Not you, the headshot, yeah. Yeah, when you watch it, there's a move in wrestling, professional wrestling, which is, is called a senton, which is basically when you just jump and land with your butt on the chest of the the player, the, the, the competitor that you're wrestling against. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what he did. He sort of actually took flight and landed with his butt on the back leg of the player. I don't think anyone could do that if they tried. And, oh, I'm sure he could. Uh, and, Josh Maguire's no Jeff Hardy. He's no sure. Jeff. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Big Palm on Instagram. Sent us a message, reached out to us, suggesting Ricky Stewart may have lost the sheds. No. No. No, no. Long, long way from how, losing how the sheds. How can you be down to 11 players and then actually do better? Well, Penrith could do it as well, but you, you, were, you were lucky because you had... We had you're, the you're assuming that the Raiders were trying to win. <laughs> oh, they were. I'm no, not convinced of that. They've just named Sam Williams mm. to play this week. You don't lose the sheds. Sam Williams is the Maybe the they're sheds. playing for Sammy. They'll, they'll, do it. they'll do it for Sammy. I've got a couple sure. of pieces, Pat. You got anything else? Uh, Cam Short was upset about the mask, the Peter Volandi's mask. Yeah. That he was he wanted the one? Crowd, he was fired up about them? making the crowd, <laughs> the crowd uh, wear. I do wonder whether the Volandi's, it's, it's, all, it's all over. I do wonder for him. I mean, I, I do kind of feel like in the interview he did with Gus Gould last night, he got to a point which I think he really regretted where he said, as you know, we had to come in and fix the game. We had to speed it up, you know, fatigue, blah, 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 all the usual stuff. And he goes, I thought even the blowouts were entertaining on the weekend. And Gus goes, they weren't entertaining for the the fans of the team that got blown out. They weren't the sponsors. Or the players or the coaches. Or the statisticians. Or the statisticians. Mm. Too much work. The, um, I'll finish on this. Adam Nording Bergen, I mentioned Ray Hadley on 360 this week, who would be on as we speak 
now. Wow, can't wait to get home for that. Um, I just imagine at some point we'll do a deep dive into Ray Hadley's. Oh, what a scary dark place that would be if we thought Magic Round was dark. I saw on the one of you mentioned his paraphernalia hanging up. So he's got a, a golden CD that's 70,000 units sold. But it's all three CDs that he released and then three compilations. Yeah, of those country and western greats. Yeah, and, and, and that's simply what it is. They're just country and western greats with Ray Hadley's animated image on it and you know, sold in huge amounts. Uh, Matty Johns made a joke in that about, uh, you know... Did he? I missed it. Yeah. <laughs> By the way, the thing the thing I forgot to say about Face to Face, which I've already recommended to is you... Is the Who record. And I know this is a long episode, but it was such an incredible week in rugby league that when you watch Face to Face, and so he's interviewing Ray Hadley, they repeatedly put up on the screen... I thought this Matty Johns. Facet to Ace. Ray Hadley. Like six or seven times, just in case you've forgotten who it is. Like they just put the caption up. Like, that's Matty Johns, that's Ray Hadley. So they really respect their audience. And, uh, just to end on uh, Ray Hadley for now, anyway, depending on what's happening on Fox at the moment, is that he also had an article about himself, a double-page spread. That's a a, cha- a, a a working champ, the working man's champion. <laughs> that's just as long as you don't work for him. <laughs> <laughs> he's doing his publicity. He's doing a great job. Matty Johns made a joke about, you know, when I was on Triple M, I hope it didn't touch you up too much in the ratings, Ray, and... Stephen Ferris, I used to say that on Fire Up. We went head to head with Hadley, and he, you know, he copped his licks. Yep. By the way, if this was Fire Up on FBI, we would have played Cabaret Voltaire's The Crackdown, but it's not. It's not. I, but I, this I, is Fire Up on the Diamantina Podcast Network, and I think we need to wind it up, Chris, because people have homes to go I, to, they have families to feed. But I have two obligations you have to two the fans. Two obligations to the fans. All Dennis, right. you, I have you neither done? of those. You're done. Okay. I'm done. Uh, we heard from Dogstar, who I mentioned before, and this is actually for discussion later as to why some players are referred to by both their names, Nico Hines, Latrell Mitchell, as opposed to surnames Tamalolo Gee, Munster. That's, a, that's, that's an interesting point. So we might pick that up in next week's yeah, episode. Yeah, we'll definitely deep dive into that. He wonders if it's an edict from the Overlord. Dogstar will be back to you from that. But really, in, in I think this underlines it, and this was something that echoes the words of the greatest player in rugby league right now, according to Buzz Rothfield, and he might be right, Nathan Cleary. Justin O'Veal would have said, didn't feel that magic. There were players disappearing left, right and centre, and some of them didn't reappear. <laughs> and with that, we've been fire up. Dennis Carnahan, Chris Gale and Redfern Pat, and we'll be back next week in the Diamond Tina Podcast Network. Thank you. In 10 or 15 years, there won't be a game. I shouldn't hold my position as chairman of the ARL Commission. <laughs>